is the Meeting of Minds podcast with me, Philippa Robinson. Hi, welcome to the podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking to um, uh, a lady who I have uh, actually never met, never spoken to, uh, never really even been in contact with much other than to um, arrange for this podcast. So um, at the time of doing this intro, I um, I don't know her at all. Um, so when she appears on Zoom, on the Zoom, when on the Zoom call, when we record, uh, that is going to be a nice surprise to see her. I'm sure she's going to be lovely. Uh, and I met Amber in my, did I say her name? Her name is Amber Tandy. Uh, she lives in Texas. And I met her, well, I didn't meet her actually. I con- got in contact with her via the uh, highly sensitive um, person's coaching group that I am part of. And I put a, a, a message out there about, would anybody like to come record with me and talk about their HSP journey? And she answered me and said she would. Um, so it's the same uh, group that Julie, who was on a few weeks ago, I met her through there as well. So yeah, so I've got the lovely Amber to talk to today. Um, I have no idea what sort of work she does. And um, it, I'm really looking forward to this. I love meeting new people, finding out what their story is. And you're going to be finding out, well, I will know, obviously, because I'll have done the recording. But, you know, um, I don't know as I'm as I'm recording this intro. And you obviously don't know. So, um, yeah, let's get over to the conversation with Amber. But Amber, hi. Welcome to the podcast. How are you today? I'm really well. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Oh, it's such a pleasure. And um, thank you for taking the the time out to um, to come and have this conversation with me. And, um, you know, I met you in our, or met you through, actually, because this is, this time of recording is actually the first time I've ever seen you, spoken to you, met you, met you over Zoom, um, which is just lovely. And um, I really enjoy recording with people I mean I record I, I love it I like recording with people I do know but I really like as well recording with people who I don't know because the conversation is literally like wide open I no idea where it's going to go which is marvelous and we met through the um HSP coach group that we're both um members of and um I wonder if you could by telling us sort of your HSP discovery journey, please. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I am, oh goodness. <laughs> so I, um, I'll just, I'll just say my age, I'm 45 and I was uh, raised in a older family home where kids were seen and not heard. Mm. And there was um, not to step on any toes or throw any labels, but there was that box of religion that we couldn't step out of. Um, we There wasn't words being used such as intuition or energy or flow or any of that. And so my mother had some very interesting personality traits and I learned at a very, very young age to hide <laughs> and to be quiet and I just 
didn't realize who or what I was for years. It wasn't until I was in my 20s that I realized that I had what I would call at the time intuition. <laughs> and I started paying more attention to that. And I happened to fall into a circle of friends when I finally went out and lived on my own, moved away from home. I fell into a circle of friends that was more in the pagan Wiccan type communities who believed in energy and flow and all that. And they took a lot of that shell off for me. You know, I, I could get out of that hierarchy, that patriarchy, that women had to be subjective. A lot of that started shedding. And I really felt like I was being able to be more of myself, but it still wasn't quite right. And so then I ended up moving back to the home area and felt like I had to completely hide that part of myself again. So that was interesting. Mm, I bet. <laughs> and I, at that time, was starting to push 30 and was in the, you got to have a plan, you got to have a good nine five job and I really tried hard to fit into that box and it was really painful and it ended up just I like I felt like my soul was dying <laughs> and I finally um left my job which was giving me a paycheck and insurance and all that to take um just a summer internship on the river it was and one of the best things Sorry, it was a summer internship working on the river. On the river. I thought you said on the river, but I wasn't sure. Sorry. Right. Carry on. This sounds amazing. So we had a little bit of a technical issue there. So um, we're back. And um, you were telling us, um, Amber, I was wrapped by your story then um, of, you know, um, trying to fit in all these boxes. And we, you're back near your hometown in your 30s and trying to get it all together and other people's expectations and things. And I think you left us when you were telling us about you went for an internship on the river. Yes. Um, I was out on the river four days a week in the sunshine, um, working for the Department of Natural Resources. And it was absolutely amazing. <laughs> and yes, and it felt so good. And just to be out in nature and to be doing something useful. It was, um, you know, helping the environment and it, it was just wonderful. Mm, <laughs> and okay. I was so glad to be free of the, I was literally plugged into a computer for like eight hours a day at my other job. And I'm not good with electronics. Like it's hard for me. Yeah. And it just, it, it just wasn't good. So but it was only a summer job. So then I found myself at the end of the summer and now what am I gonna do? <laughs> so interestingly enough, I ended up joining the Navy. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was a bit of a surprise. Right? I, I don't really recommend it for HSPs to be stuck on a ship. <laughs> um, That's just, a big box. That's a big yeah. box to end up stuck in, isn't yeah. it? 
and, and back to that and hardcore patriarchy and hardcore sit in a box and sir yes sir and no individual no individual thinking no individuality wear a uniform so um needless to say that's where my health started really going downhill <laughs> yeah and um I only served one term and it was great though because it did really appear to my HSS part because yeah. it was new. It was exciting. I was on a carrier. We were traveling through Asia. Um, it, it was fun for getting to see the world. Uh, I wouldn't have had that opportunity otherwise. So yeah. it was amazing and really completely cracked open my world perspective you know, I'd only been in one small area before. And I realized that the whole world does not think like one small area thinks. It's yeah, absolutely. Very different. So that was great. But um, when my term was over, I was pretty shot. And I felt like I could not handle working. So I actually had used my GI Bill to go to a seminary which again, was interesting because there you're taught to not feel, you're taught to think and feeling isn't right. <laughs> and I just, I felt so strange there. And of course, as a woman, again, in um, a seminary school where women were meant to be seen, not heard, women weren't allowed to preach. And I was like, but I know I have these gifts and these abilities, who's somebody else to tell me that I can't use them. So that's really when I started my journey of, I wasn't born wrong. <laughs> I need to figure out why everybody's telling me I'm wrong. And then I ended up becoming pregnant. And a lot of people say when women have children, they have a Kundalini opening or awakening. Yeah. And I'm not sure that's the terminology I'd use, but becoming a mom changed how I closed myself off. Like I couldn't close myself off because I was responsible for this thing that can't even roll over, you know, and my intuition was heightened. All my nervous systems were heightened, you know, it's like doing what we were designed to do <laughs> so that really started opening up and then I realized I have intuition about other people and other things coming in and so I actually to keep my brain active while I was nursing and taking care of this infant and um I I started finding out about parapsychology and psychic work. And I was so drawn to it because for the first time I could communicate with another human being about these things. I'm like, well, I, I know that you were going to call me on the phone before you called me. You know, it's like, I, I knew that I shouldn't go down this road. And I later found out there was a big accident on it. And I was just getting validation. And it was so amazing and I just couldn't get enough of that and I started learning how to do learning about chakras and I learned that I could do distance healings and I was starting to do um, distance work for people doing chakra clearings and I had done one for a, a client and she was 
literally like, oh my goodness, mm-hmm. <laughs> like what did you do in a good way? Yes. And she's good. like, you have got some wow power. And I'd never thought of it as power before. I'd always, yeah. you know, it was always a curse. <laughs> like I'm different. I'm weird. I can't understand why this person's smiling at me, but I don't feel okay with it. It's because I could tell that their emotions were different than their exterior facade. Yeah. I'm an empath. I never knew that I was finally able to put words to it. I'm like, that's why I can't stand being around quote unquote fake people Yes, because there's such a disconnect. You know, it's why my husband could come home from work. I could be like, whoa, you had a bad day. And he's like, no, it wasn't that bad. I'm like, oh yeah, it was. Tell me about it. You know, (laughs) and now I was starting to have more validation. I was starting to not feel like I was crazy. I felt like I was crazy and like I never belonged anywhere and that I was always odd man out even though I was liked and part of many groups I could get along with just about anybody and I was like the person who had like eight different cliques and I could hang out with any of them but they could never all come and be in one room together because they'd probably kill each other (laughs) so you know and it all started making more and more sense and um so this person that was like, wow, you have some power. I want to teach you Reiki. Okay. And I was like, wow, you want to teach me Reiki? How can I say no to that? Right. I don't know what's Reiki, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it is. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. And so anyways, that turned into a journey and I ended up not finishing with her, but I ended up becoming um, master crystal Reiki. So um that was another journey finding out about the energy of crystals. And I mean, I'm always kind of surrounded with them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, it just one thing Then I, I found medical intuition and I started learning more about that. And uh, I eventually came across the community that we're in together in Willow. Yeah. And I learned really the ultimate truth of who I was and the way I worked and how I didn't have to learn somebody else's methodologies because I thought I had to learn from somebody else and it wasn't necessarily the truth I had to learn how to uncover my own way of doing things and it just life changing yeah (laughs) So now I do have a lot of other tools in my toolbox that I can use from all the things I learned on the way. But now I know that, uh, as Willow always says, God doesn't make mistakes. I am not a mistake. I'm not broken. Um, And I really know that I am like this to help other people. And the things that I can help other people with make all the seemingly messy things about it all worthwhile so has been such a journey and it's not over by any means I feel like now this is beginning it's like a new it's like a new awakening now I know who I am and now it's now let's see what I can do just watch out oh that's so exciting (laughs) and obviously you know this is a podcast and I only use the audio when people can't see you but you know I've been wrapped (laughs) in your story listening to it and I've seen you you know I've watched you sort of I don't know grow 
grow, grow bigger in your chair and yes. more relaxed and more I don't know you've you've just sort of grown in front of my eyes as you were telling that story yes. so you, you were embodying what you were what you were telling me and us the people who are listening about about the journey you've been on of of self-discovery absolutely and it is a journey it's not ending and um currently I live in a very populated megatropolis that's under construction and I'm very sensitive to the environment so I do pull my energy in and I guess try to protect myself and yeah. so when I talk about energy it really sparks that light of life and mm. helps me realize that I'm okay and I'm safe and <laughs> so it's it's me unlearning things that I've done for safety measures for you know decades yeah you know it, it's a process so yeah, I can't I, wait to see where I get to be 10 years from now. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I can't wait to see either. I'm getting a real, I don't know, what am I getting? Um, yeah, I just, you, you're, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but um, I, uh, yeah, I definitely feel that something big is going to, is happening for you. Um, and how, oh, this I was going to say, has it helped you realizing? And that's a really stupid question. It's just incredible to, it's hard to explain, I think. Um, I too used to feel I was broken for, for, for different reasons, I think. Um, you know, we've had very different lives up until now, but I too used to feel that I was broken, that I didn't belong, that I was different, that I couldn't quite work out why. I often felt alone. Yes. Even though I had, you know, I and I, you know, I've got well, I've got lots of pockets of friends actually, but largely because I've moved around a lot. So I've got pockets of friends from when I lived there and a pocket of friends, you know, only around the UK, nowhere uh, desperately exciting. But um, um uh, almost like see now I'm talking to you about this I'm almost seeing the fragmentation of it all you know I, there's a little bit of me left there and there's a little bit of me left in this place and a little bit of me left there and um it, it, but I always thought it was something wrong with me something that either I just grew up thinking thinking that I was I must have been a very bad person to to right. to feel so to feel so wrong, to feel, to try so hard to, to fit in and do things. And, um, you know, I did the, the nine to five um, for a long, long time because I felt that there was nobody else going to look out for me. So I had to make sure that I was, in order to make myself feel safe, that's what I did. But it was definitely a box that I squashed myself into and sort of right, you will be, you know, you will be a lawyer because, you know, lawyers don't usually lose their jobs. So you're probably going to have a job for life and, you, you know, you will earn enough money to look after yourself because you can't rely on anybody else. Um, but that that feeling of like, yeah, but I'm trying really, really hard here and it still feels wrong. Um, and it's only, um, you know, as we talked a little bit before we I started recording, it was only when... I had a breakdown, then went to therapy and, and took off that a layer of 
trauma that had sort of been weighing me down that I then discovered um, little by little who I really am. And part of that is definitely that I'm a, I'm a highly sensitive person, an HSP. Um, and I, I find it really interesting to talk to people who've known, although you said that you kind of, you know, in your 20s, you you went, you know, you have this different experience, but then you you came away from that. But there was probably always a little inkling there, was there? Yes, it was really hard to step away from that kind of support. Yeah. Um, and then to go back, I felt like a complete failure having to go back home, yeah. like complete failure. And then it was so easy to fall into old patterns and old mindsets. And, you know, even though I'd had this life experience, the people that had never left that home area hadn't had that so they were still in their set beliefs that kept yeah. in their patterns that kept running and they yeah. didn't realize that how much I had changed you know yeah. and I wasn't comfortable enough confident enough really to share and yeah. even if I shared they wouldn't have been ready to hear it anyways yeah it's actually really interesting now because now my dad's like 84 and I'm finally at a place where dad, I'm starting an energy healing business and I have very good intuition. And he's like, you're always so wise and you'll be great with people. And it just blows me away that I can <laughs> talk that openly now. Like, yeah. I feel like the energy of the world has shifted enough. And yeah. these kind of things that we're talking about today are becoming so much more mainstream yeah. that more people aren't as off put by the quote-unquote woo-woo as they used to be because it is becoming more of a familiarity it's not all witchcraft and demons and burn them at the stake you know I mean (laughs) no you're you're absolutely right and I was listening to somebody yesterday who was talking about that that wound the, the 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 female wound the um what does she call it the medicine wound that we mm-hmm. that we all carry that that stems back to that that the women who in the in years gone by who have that intuition who knew things who you know they they weren't revered at all if any you know it was like hunt them down it's like you know the witches hunt them down and kill them because they are the devil incarnate no they're actually here to help everybody but because they were different they had to be you know got rid of um and um, yeah, you, I just you, got I, full body chills on that too. So that's a really big topic, I bet, for a lot of the people listening to this this podcast. Yeah, and you know, um, well, there might be quite a few people listening who are thinking, "What are these two rambling on about?" And that, <laughs> and that that's fine. Um, but but there will be some people who are going, "Oh yeah," you know, it, it might be it might be giving them goosebumps and chills too. Um, and it's it's really funny because I. I suppose five years ago, I would never have dreamt I'd be having a conversation like this, but it makes complete sense to me. Um, And energy is coming up all the time at the moment. People, nearly everybody I'm having a conversation with, um, not like, you know, um, I don't know, the milkman and the postman, but uh, people who I'm having proper deep conversations with in the last two weeks, 
all the conversation has turned to energy at one time or another. And, you know, I like you say, I think there is a shift and I think there is an understanding that if we, there is an understanding that we can, we can work with it. There is something there that we can work with that drives us, that is our, um, our not our reason, but our, I don't know, our destiny. Our, you, you know, that, that there is, yeah. I, I see, I mean, I'm even struggling to put it into words because it's still, I suppose, really quite new for me um to be having these conversations but it's not new that I'm feeling it right it it is a lot of times hard to put the feelings that we pick up on into a language (laughs) I, I I find that a lot when I'm working with clients actually and I'm downloading the information it's like okay um I'm not sure how to communicate this, but it's kind of like <laughs> sound, smell, and feeling. Uh, yeah. What's that feel like to you? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, with this huge, I mean, in the last two years, the world's been turned on its head yeah. and some of the energetics is irrefutable. Yeah. It just, it is. And even those people who wouldn't be considered HSPs can still sense it. Yes, because it's so real and yes. everybody can sense energy. It's just a matter of how tuned in they are to it, how much they're willing to allow and um, how much they're willing to acknowledge that they're feeling it. I mean, anybody can walk into a kid's play place on a Saturday and feel the energy of the place <laughs> and then go to a funeral home during a service. There is extremely different energies that nobody would argue. Yes, I mean we could all feel energy. <laughs> yeah, yes, you're absolutely you're absolutely right. And those two examples are are, are you know are spot on, aren't they? Because yes, we've all been in those places. Well, unless people haven't got children and have never darkened the dome, you know, good for them because you know right. we all we all know what those uh, kids play places are like on the, uh, the weekend. Um, but you're you're absolutely absolutely right, and I I think it, you know I think it, it, over the years it, it you you know we're still at the end we're still in, but I think moving towards the end of that way of life of being push 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 work harder um earn more money get more stuff that is what su- that is what success looks like. Um, and you know, if you're not pushing and you're not you're not acquiring all this stuff, then you're not living life right somehow. And I I I definitely feel the shift, and definitely a shift in in me. Um, right. That that has never been important. Um, apart from I needed to I needed to earn enough money so that I could feel safe. That's what it was. It wasn't to acquire stuff. It was to feel safe. Um, right. And not that money would have kept me safe, because, of course, money in, in it's, you know, it's just notes and coins. I mean, how can that keep me safe? It's interesting, isn't it, that we well, all this. We are humans. And yes. right now, a human society does live off of currency yes. in order to purchase food or seeds. Or I mean, there's a lot that you know, we, 
we do have to have yeah. that kind of energy flow coming in in just energy in the form of currency so we can have an output or flow it's um it, it, it's being redefined <laughs> for yeah. sure yeah i i think it i think it is and i think more people are open to um so I, I used to have a phrase going through my head all the time, which is there must be more to life than this. Um, you know, the push, the, you know, just the the way the patriarchy tell us that, you know, that we should be living our lives because it suits them. And, you, you know, um, just generally how, how, or maybe the life that I've experienced. So, you, you know, I know there are lots of people who live very different lives and you know um i think that's amazing that pe if people are doing it because they've tuned into what is right for them and they're and and that but you know that's what they are doing i think that is fabulous i was look i would love to live off grid i would love to like live a really unconventional life but also i've got myself in this conventional life so you know my kids go to you know a school up the road and until they finish school then you know we're just going to have to go through this I think but um I don't know I just think there is a shift I agree with you and I think the last two years has taught us that if we thought we were in control I mean you know we weren't in control anyway but it has yeah. really taught us that we are definitely right. not in control and actually maybe control for the sake of control is perhaps not what it's about. And that brings us back to where you started about talking, being in flow and, you, you know, um, the rhythms and, you, you, you know, um, yeah, I, I, I think collectively that is all helping the shift. Yes. And, you know, things very often get more messy before they break through um, just like in, in giving birth, you know, it's like you have that really intense moment before the birth. And I think a lot of that's going on in the world right now is it's really getting shook up yeah. and all of the pieces that we want to see cleared are becoming more obvious. And it, it can cause a lot of unsettled, but it also is helping us see the path that we want to be choosing. And um, there isn't a right or a wrong choice. No. I mean, there is just choices. And, um, you know, some of them are easier and some of them are more complicated and neither one's right or wrong. Um, you know, just one step at a time. And it's just, it's ever changing. And as an HSP, we try to <laughs> get our brains all wrapped up and see, okay, well, yes, here's X in the present moment, but I want to know, you know, like all the processes that are going to happen after this. And I want to have it all in perfect place. And it's hard sometimes to just take those leaps of faith and step out and make changes and try new directions and yeah yeah and I love what I love what you just said then um about there is no right or wrong choice I mean that's the whole point that we we all have so many choices to make each day that can lead us down a different path but the, the thing 
the thing is that there isn't a right or wrong, but it feels it feels that there is a right one that we should be doing. It's all those shoulds that send yes. us. Down, it's all those shoulds that, that send, naughty little word. <laughs> yeah, that send us down paths that perhaps are not going to serve as well. And um, that's why we really need to be trusting that intuition to guide us on what what really feels like the right path for us and not that other people's input isn't important because obviously it is when you're in a family or you're part of a community you know it's it's good to hear even in the most negative thing there's often grains of truth yep but it, it's important to be able to take a deep breath and tune that out momentarily and see what's what's really coming up from a grounded and centered place and yeah. and uh, make choices it's okay for us I always thought it was being selfish and, and it's not <laughs> when I'm in good health when I'm not overwhelming myself when I'm making aligned decisions and not doing things that I know aren't going to work for me I'm a much better person for my family <laughs> for my community and for so long I just had that guilt and the shame and the you couldn't you can't be doing things for yourself and can't be making choices based on what you want you need to be making choices based on what everybody else wants and it's been a big learning part of my process and it's important too to remember that all of our past doesn't have to be this horrible story that we hang on to it's all something that's happened to help us. It, it, well, I guess Willow calls it the hero's journey. You know, it, it helps us see what really our story is about and how we can turn all that into a blessing and help others as well. And, um, you know, for a long time, I got tied up in that the victim and the woe is me and I'm never going to recover from this and I have to hang on to this pain you know it's like I have to hang on to this wounding it's not okay to let go in this <laughs> yeah. you know it's it's all big and I'm sorry I kind of just went off there and no. how are you <laughs> I think, it's, I think it's marvelous. You really reminded me of one of my favorite quotes. In fact, it's the quote that I put on the front page of my book, which is um, it's Carl Jung. And he it says, um, let me let me not get this wrong. Um, I am not what happened to me. I am what I choose to become. Right. And I really love that. And I feel like I am living that at the moment. And um, well, I am living that and I will be living that now because you're right you know you know when all those things that have happened to, to to you that you've told us about and you know what people know about what's happened to me have brought us to where we are now and like you say there are there are there is good stuff there are lessons in, in all of that um and you know it's very painful and sometimes that pain and, and that hurt lasts for a long time um but we are here now and we are now determined. I'm definitely determined. And it certainly sounds like you're very determined to, to now really trust 
the essence of who you are, find the essence of who you are, trust it and use that to help right. to help other people. Absolutely. And I just want to be clear too. I, I feel like I need to say that does not at all dismiss the pain in those capital T traumas. No. And it does not minimize that or mean you're supposed to forget it or pretend it didn't. Oh God, happen. no. Not at all. No. That's that's not a response that we're encouraging here. So that no, 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 no. <laughs> Just because I know sometimes um, you know, in, in some of the healing communities that I've come across, it feels like people are like, oh, you know, you need to just forgive and forget and move on. And it's it's yeah. not quite like that. It's no. <laughs> no. And it's it's like all this, you know, just be positive and good vibes only. And I, you know, I, I really don't like any of that because there has to be room for the for the other side. There has to be room because we are you, you know, we're complicated, complex human beings and we feel so many emotions, feelings during the course of one day, let alone a lifetime, and there has to be room for all of it. Right. Yeah, and um, also I have a little bit of a struggle with mindset sometimes, the way people talk about mindset. It, it depends on what they're... But the, the whole idea that you could just have this mindset here and just by a few affirmations or denying whatever this mindset is, you can acquire this mindset. I find that really troublesome. Um, I've, I've actually done a lot of work with that because there's so much, I would just say your daily affirmations and all as well. And I've found that if you go deeper a lot, yeah, yes, affirmations are great. Positivity is great. Yes. You know, have your happy thoughts, but there are oftentimes, at least in my personal experience, an affirmation that simply isn't true. My, I need to do deeper energy work to release the blocks standing in the way of that affirmation being true. Yeah. So I can say the affirmation 60 billion times and it's not going to do me any good because of the resistance yep. that isn't being dealt with on a deeper level. So I feel like affirmations are a great thing, but it's not the whole piece of the picture. <laughs> I totally agree with you that actually all of those things kind of need to work together, but you need to get deep enough to work out where the the real wound is, right. wounds that 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 you can then work on. The only affirmation, it's funny, I um I I, I have it's on my phone actually I put it as a wallpaper on my phone so I see it all the time and it's still there and it it's written on a post-it I am safe and I am looked after and right. I I hardly notice it's there anymore but at the time I needed that when I was feeling really unsafe that really worked because that was my as you've heard me talk about safety quite a lot already today that is a real core wound of mine so right. you know I'm not against affirmations I'm not against mindset change I'm not against any of that but I have a little bit of a problem with the way it's sold as the magic answer it is it is it's like <laughs> here's a quarter do an affirmation you will be healed <laughs> yes exactly, exactly and if you're not and healed, if it works like that that's wonderful I mean yeah. some people might be able to and that's amazing I'm a little jealous <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah yeah I've I've been 
one to really get trapped up in my head and let those negative programs run. So for me, it was really good to start inputting those positive things. And then I realized that, okay, well, these positive things, are these true? No. Okay. Well, why aren't these true? And a lot of times there's genetic beliefs actually, or, um, deeper issues at stake. And I feel like I've been able to make a lot of progress with my own negativity through working with that on a deep level. Yeah. And that's, uh, and that, you know, that's amazing. It's amazing that you have the insight to, to realize that the affirmation wasn't working because the affirmation you were sort of trying to um, replace your negativity with, it, it wasn't the right one. I was trying aff- affirmations and it just reaffirmed to me how broken I was because I couldn't even do affirmations. Oh, so, yeah. you know, that oh. even the affirmations wouldn't work. So because I was so out of tune with what was going on I mean I was pretty frozen really for quite a long time so that's why I have a little bit of um not a problem with them per se but the the way that they can be perceived because um deeper work is needed sometimes yeah and I actually feel like this is a good place to say you know that's why sometimes working with a coach yeah is so important because of especially in HSP or sitting with some HSPs who can really feel the intuition and empaths and the empathy and the okay well your mouth is saying this but I'm not feeling it come from your heart or um you know sometimes working with that partner can really help yeah um, get to the roots yeah I I I I, yeah of course I agree with you uh, because that's what um I do too and I can often feel that there is something unsaid and and that's actually often where we make real progress um yeah and so we've talked quite a lot about intuition and I'd be really and I'm just sort of imagining that people are listening might be listening and thinking okay but how do I how do I how do I know when I'm feeling something whether it's right what is this intuition thing and um, sorry, this might be a bit of a curveball I'm throwing at you, but I just um, I just wondered if you could perhaps tell me how you know you're in. How do you know? I mean, I can tell you how. If you you will tell me if you tell me what you, I'll I'll then tell you what I feel. But how do you know when you have hit on something that your intuition is telling you is right? That's the million dollar question, isn't it? It is. is. And I'm sure it's different for all of us. And that's why I'm actually, I don't think I've ever asked anybody. I've never asked anybody this question before, but I feel like I can ask you. So, um, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I love this question. Oh, and it very likely is going to be different for a lot of people. And, you know, I have a seven year old daughter and we talk a lot about intuition and um, sensing and you know sometimes sensing and intuition some for some people it might be a smell for some people it might be a sound for some people body tingles warmth cold for some people it's literally a pull or a push on their bodies um goosebumps 
uh, that quiet little voice versus the big loud voices. Yeah. And sometimes our intuition can be big loud voices. And honestly, I know this isn't what people are probably going to want to hear, but the way that I've learned the most about what my intuition is, is by ignoring it. <laughs> because hindsight's 2020. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, well, I knew better than that. That was my intuition. And the more I've become aware that I've ignored my intuition and these things have then happened, then the more that I know it's intuition in the future, when it comes up again, I need to be listening. And, you know, when we listen to our intuition, like there was one time we were in a car. I was in a car with my boyfriend at the time and we were driving happy, sunny, shiny day. And all of a sudden I started freaking out. I could not explain it. I almost started hyperventilating. I just got crazy. I'm like, you need to stop the car. I'm like, we need to turn around and we need to go home. I have no idea. And I was acting so weird. He's like, what is wrong with you? Um, I think going home is a good idea. <laughs> so we turned around and we went home. And after about 15 minutes, I was like, okay, I feel better now. We can go back to where we were going. Let's go. I have no idea to this day what that was. I have no idea, but I fully believe that it was my intuition and something terrible would have happened mm -hmm. if we would have continued. Yeah. You know, when we listen to our intuition, we obviously sometimes aren't going to know the bad that would have happened or, you know, but, you know, there was one time where I had lost my wallet on top of the car when I was putting stuff in the car and I hopped in the car and I, my intuition was like, we need to check the roof of the car. I'm like, eh, I got everything. We're good. And I drove off, got home. Where's my wallet? Yeah. Eh, you know, and I had to go back to the parking lot and thankfully it was still there, but that's how I knew that that was intuition that day yeah. because I ignored it, <laughs> Yeah. you know? So, you know, it is a quiet voice very often, but like in the, instance of the car ride it was huge there was you know and I wish it was always that clear because <laughs> I you know it'd be a lot harder to ignore <laughs> yes it would be a lot harder wouldn't it hyperventilating <laughs> and freaking out actually is quite hard to ignore isn't it yeah but the quiet little oh you should look on top of the car ah, I'm yeah. good, you know uh, so. I think you make a really good point with that uh, wallet on top of your car story because um you know how many times do uh, do I mean I do this a lot think, oh I knew I shouldn't have done that I knew you know I say things mm. like oh I knew that was going to happen or I I knew I shouldn't have done that or I knew this was the right thing to do or um I often you know I, I'm thinking right I know there was something else I meant to do and I think I've forgotten it and actually maybe it it's I'm not quite in tune with my intuition that is reminding me or telling me that I need to do something. So I think we get these little nudges much more than we think we do and or, or, or we perhaps put it down to something else. But anybody who actually is thinking, you know, 
maybe I could be tuning into my intuition a little bit more, could start by instead of pushing those little feet, those those feelings or those little nudges to one side, just taking a little bit of notice. But it is about the um you know the the little things that come up like oh I, it is I'm I'm thinking like really like oh yeah um I'm pretty sure I need to buy milk and then you don't buy milk and you get home and you go god I needed to buy milk you, you know it's though you could just start with those tiny little things because we are taking in information all the time into our subconscious that that is being processed but we're just not aware of and yeah and I'd say two different tips or tricks to help build that is one if you like you said you're like oh I knew better you know because you had that intuition but you dismissed it instead of beating yourself up over that moment realize what it was say that was your intuition that was what it felt like that was what it sounded like or smelled like or whatever however you experience that it's acknowledgement that that's what it was and being gentle and kind with yourself about not having listened to it and oh next time I, I'm now that much more aware so that was a huge part of my process and then the second one is you can do things to build it you know um you can try to think of what the headlines are going to be if you pull up the news and see if you can guess what's on the front page. Or you can think about a song and then turn on your radio and see if it was that song, you know, or, you know, like I'm going to turn on the radio station. What song is it? You know, you can do these things to start building that sensory experience. You could, um, you know, I have a child, I can be like, you know, here's a ball, go put it in a room and see if I can intuit what room she put it in. You know, all the, there's tons of different exercises that you can do to strengthen these. And a lot of it is just practice, awareness and gentleness if you don't get it right. <laughs> oh, definitely, the, definitely the gentleness um, and definitely the practice as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's funny, my son, my son, um, said to me yesterday I don't know um how we got onto this subject but he said we are, we're having a conversation about if you could just wake up tomorrow and suddenly know another language what language would it be I don't know where this question came from and he said oh I've got two in mind and I said he said bet you can't guess them and I right. said I and I said Mandarin and Russian and he just looked at me and he said how did you know that and I don't know how I knew that. I don't know what processes my brain went through to, right. to work that out. But he was like, oh, he was a bit, you know, he was a bit freaked out saying, how on earth do you know that? And I said, well, I don't, that was, you know, that was just a good guess. But it, I mean, something it's drew right. me to those two rather than all the other languages in the world that I could have put, uh, I could have pulled out. So, you, you know, something was going on there, wasn't it? And I think the other thing is not to, is to, is to listen to it to practice it to know it's there but not to overthink it either exactly it's overthinking kills that. It. Oh, yep. overthinking for sure yeah exactly because it's not in the head it's not a thought it it's a feeling and I I think that's where people get stuck in decision making because they get stuck in their head 
rather than in their bodies feeling what is right so for me when I'm trying to make a decision I kind of try them out and think and try and sort of visualize okay so if I make this decision it's going to look like this and if I make this decision it's going to look like this and I can often quite quickly work out which one feels right and for me it's a it's a feeling of just peace so rather than that tumultuous feeling inside of okay what 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 am I going to do it's like I'm going to do this and it's like oh, yeah that's okay so mine's a feeling of calm and everything kind of goes quiet so it's a change of state from absolutely so maybe maybe actually my intuition I must must pay more attention maybe my intuition is a change of state but the ones I notice the more are the ones that go from uh, agitated to calm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. absolutely it makes sense yeah and it's interesting you were talking about the the logic thinking and getting back to your safety you know as a child it was more safe for me to be logical yes me too know? and um I was taught that if you weren't being logical you were being flighty and irresponsible instead of you know intuitive and free and in the flow yeah. So um, it's a trained response to be logical and to think. And it, it's uh, it's really interesting in the process and just how all that works. And- yeah. Well, and for some people, for a lot of people, it's a survival skill. And you're not it necessarily, is. I don't, you know, um, I know we've talked about trauma and obviously, you know, um, we develop survival skills for trauma but it's a survival skill in in life um and actually who's not to say that denying well I would say it is a trauma to be perpetually denied the opportunity to be who you truly are um it's the huge capital t (laughs) Uh, yeah yeah so um did you always know did you did you uh, like know that the, the the trait of high sensitivity? Did you or did you just know that something felt different for you, or did you not even know that? Did you? I mean, I just felt I was broken. So um, for me, it was that I just felt I was broken. I remember um, I don't have a lot of solid memories of my childhood. I mm-hmm. feel like they're just clips at yeah. this point. I. But anyways, I remember maybe I was eight or nine and somebody had gotten me a crystal necklace. And I just remember it was uncomfortable because it was rough cut crystals. But I remember how often I'd take it out and just hold it and play with it. I had no idea that that was because, <laughs> you know, that that's totally a high start. I could feel the energy of the crystals. I didn't realize that at the time, but they were very calming and soothing in a very chaotic environment. And I always felt like there was something wrong with me and I was a horrible person because I, I, I couldn't really be in the same room with my mom without being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And now at this point in my stage of learning, I realized it was because of how much I don't want, I say the word baggage with love. She was carrying so much of that hard, dense, thick, energy around with her as an empath it physically bothered me to be around and 
I just felt I was a horrible child because I couldn't hug my mom and gave me goosebumps and yeah. like in the icky skin crawly kind of way. I just thought that I was a horrible child. You know, if 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 I would have had the tools that I had then, oh my gosh, I would it would have been relationships would have been so much more wonderful. Yeah. And and to be fair, if she'd if she'd lived in the age that we are, if she was if she was hit if she was younger now, if she was able to access the um, the opportunities there are now to heal from one's own trauma without the um, the stigma and without um, y- you know just being able to do that, she may well have been a different person, which would have allowed Absolutely. you to connect with her. It's not just your responsibility. In fact, it's not your responsibility as a child right. to work all that out. But, you, you know, when that comes back to, you know, uh, why I think everybody, not everybody, that's not. But, you know, doing your own work is definitely not selfish. Doing your no. own work is really important. It's really important for yourself, first and foremost. It's really important then for all the knock, all the, the ripples that creates around your family, your friends, your community. And, you know the world in a way you know I'm a great believer if we could all do our own work and be be comfortable in our in who we are then the world would just be a much kinder place and I know that's a bit highfalutin sort of idea but I really do believe that I do too Mm. and that's part of the reason why I really have this this excitement about doing the business and the Mm. coaching and the working with people is because if, if I can help just one person uncover their inner light to a point where they're, they're allowed to shine and then they can be their true selves. I mean, just that one person's ripple effect is, is huge. You know, we have no idea how many people we can affect. I remember my dad telling me, you know, he's 83 years old now. And I gave him a cross necklace back when I was in college. So, I mean, we're talking 20 years ago. And he's never really taken it off. And he's an out guy worker, takes his shirt off, you know. And he says that over the years, he has had countless people comment on his cross necklace. And he's gotten into a number of conversations about religion and whatnot. And I just, you know, when I bought that necklace from 20 years ago, I had no idea the ripple effect that it could have. I mean, like, it's it's amazing we don't always have a concept of how one action can change multiple lives and you know if we're our true authentic selves using our intuition in the flow being led by that guidance I mean I feel like only good can come from that (laughs) yeah and I, I totally agree with you. Um, everything that you that, that you just said there and throughout this conversation. And um I believe I, I I believe I wasn't ready to do this until now, um, for lots of reasons. Um, and maybe it is something that that comes a little bit later in life because you know, perhaps a bit of life experience helps us helps us work it out um uh but equally i i definitely had to hit what was a rock bottom for me 
to decide that I couldn't carry on the way that I was going. And I would love people to investigate this a little bit and and come to their own true version of themselves and be able to stand strong in that before they hit rock bottom, because we can't all, you know, wait for everybody to hit rock bottom before, you know, creating this great kindness and primarily kindness to ourselves first and foremost. Yeah. I remember years ago, I kind of had a motto that was like, you know, may I learn from others so I don't have to repeat their mistakes. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not that, quote unquote mistakes are bad or anything like that but you know if I can learn from somebody else who's gone through then uh, you know save myself the suffering and have that knowledge without having to go through I mean sometimes I am very stubborn and have insisted upon my own struggles <laughs> but you know I just I love being able to share and help people come to more of awareness about what HSP is. And, um, you know, if once you realize different people have different energies yep. and um, different stories and, um, you know, it just can help you see their inner hearts versus their exterior actions. Sometimes it's just, it, it just really helps and it makes things go more smooth and I have a lot more compassion instead of judgment now, you know, it's just beautiful. <laughs> it is. It is. And I, um, I think that's a really great, um, place to end actually. Yeah. Um, can you, um, just, so if anybody, I mean, you know, I've never looked at your website because, you know, I've already met you today. So I want to go off and look at your, um, <laughs> have you, have you got anywhere that um, I can go and look and other people, if they want to, um, can come and find out a little bit more about you? Absolutely. Um, I am on LinkedIn, um, okay. Amber Tandy, and my name is A-M-B-R-E. Yeah. <laughs> so a little different. And my business name is Empowered Perceptions. Yep. And so I'm at empoweredperceptions.illuminance.com. Empowered perceptions. Mm-hmm. And I will put that, I'll put that link in the show notes for anybody who wants to come and find you um, and find out more because how do you work with people? I, obviously you're a coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right now, I'm, uh, I offer one-on-one coaching sessions and free discovery calls. If you're not really sure if you'd be a, a good match or not, we can do a free discovery call and figure that out yeah. um, and go from there. Um, but one-on-one sessions, I really, I offer some packages and it's really about helping people uncover that inner light. And for me, it's all about confidence and clarity and uh, finding their inner power and their inner strength instead of feeling the need to hide. Um, And, you know, that I want to work with people on that because that's been my challenge. And, you know, it's, it's my journey and I understand and I can empathize, you know, I can, with my intuition and my empathy, I can see where that's, not aligned and where that light isn't shining bright and uh 
Beautiful. Yes. And it, it can go in, you know, not sure about a job or not sure about asking for a promotion or unsure about a relationship or feeling a little off about this, that, or the other thing. It, it plays out in all different aspects of life. Um, so, you know, any of those issues can resonate and definitely I'd be more than happy to have a chat with you. Cool. That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, for coming and chatting with me today i have really really enjoyed it so thank you thank you it's just been uh the highlight of my day <laughs> oh, well, marvelous what a great place to end thank you take care have a great one thank you, you too oh amber what a great conversation that was i really enjoyed it um i hope you did too listeners it was just so fascinating to speak to somebody who um you know, who does something very different to um, what I do. Um, But actually, you you know, it makes me realise talking to Amber and listening to all the things she talks about and the, you know, the woo side of things and spirituality, how things have changed for me, even in the last two years, to be embracing that and be able to have that conversation and not feel like totally out of my depth, felt a little bit out of my depth, but not totally. And, you know, understand what she's talking about. And even the bits I didn't necessarily understand, I can feel them and feel how important they are. And uh, yeah, I've really loved that. I feel like there might be more scope to talk to more people about the woo side of things. What do you think? Uh, if you want it, if you want a bit more woo, um, let me know. Uh, I'm sure I can find some people to talk to me about more woo kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, uh, I loved it. Hope you did. And, um, yeah. Uh, so that's it for this episode. Um, if you, you know, you like what I'm doing here on the podcast, um, if you you want more 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 stuff from me, um, I always put a little bit of something uh, that's been on my mind in my newsletter and let you know um, first of all about courses that I'm running and workshops that are coming up. And I am going to start doing some free um, uh, workshops, uh, and I'd like you to be the the first to know. So um, sign up to my newsletter, and you will be the first to know. So go to my uh, website uh, there'll be a link in the show notes there's also be a link to the sign up but or go to my website safeandsupported.co.uk and at the bottom of the home page there is the email sign up um yeah uh, that would be great to have you on that uh, email list so that you can hear from me and um and i can keep in touch that would be great so that's it for this episode you take really good care of yourself and i'll be back next week for another episode okay bye Thank you for listening to the Meeting of Minds podcast. You can find this podcast in all the usual places. Please tell your friends, please subscribe. And if you have a moment, I'd be really grateful if you could rate and review as it helps other people find us and helps me spread the messages of empowerment and positivity that I'm really passionate about. If you want to find out more about me, you can visit my website, www.safeandsupported.co.uk. Until next time, bye.